Hey, 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 welcome to the fourth season of Activate, a podcast consisting of purposeful conversations aimed at encouraging listeners to embrace both the beauty and chaos of life. Through laughter, tears, and brutally honest confessions, each episode will culminate with a call to action, offering tangible ways for listeners to not only strive for, but to become the best version of themselves. I'm Steph. And I'm KB. Steph is a certified holistic wellness and gut health specialist who has dedicated 10 years of her life to building multiple six-figure businesses online. And KB is a former network marketing hater turned top leader in her industry. She is a certified life coach helping women to get unstuck from the same chains that once held her back. Together, we have built a thriving business by helping incredible women just like you level up in their health and wealth, all while staying rooted in Christ. Thank you for being here. Let's do this. Hey, hey, ladies. Happy Wednesday and Monday to our listeners. <laughs> Hello. I'm really, I'm really growing to like these Wednesday evening dates. So we're going to um, have to keep that up. Keep that up. It's become the thing. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. All right. We, well, okay. So we just keep rolling these strongholds out, guys, because yeah. it's just too good. And we're on a roll and we got to keep it going. So we're here again with Nikki. Um, so excited to dive into the six. It's six out of seven. Oh no. Are we almost done? Yes. Uh, <laughs> from, which is pride and greed. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. If you didn't get a chance to listen to um, last week's episode on substance abuse, um, substance use, and what was it? Alcohol, substance, alcohol and substance. Yeah. Um, it was so good. It was so good. And just, I just was listening today and just the, the part where you kind of just identify what phase you're in and where you're at. Like if you have, if alcohol is in your life, you're in one of the phases. So that was cool to me to just kind of recognize, you know, yeah. a little look, where, where am I with this? Um, <laughs> a little track. Like said, it's not, it's not a sin to enjoy a drink if you're a believer, right? But if you're taking it to another level, if you're getting drunk, it's a sin. It is, it is, it's just right there. Clear as can be not allowed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not allowed to get drunk. So, um, today we're going to go into pride and greed. I'm looking forward to this Steph. It's funny that you just, you said you had a yeah. sermon on this, this weekend. So, um, yeah. it, it lines right up. Yeah. I'm excited. So I was telling Kristen that it was the, the word, you know, um, and, it, and he was saying as he was going through this stronghold, basically, you know, there were a couple times where I was thinking of somebody else. And then like the last point of his whole sermon was, and if you're thinking of somebody else through all of these things, you have a pride issue. And I was like, because no! <laughs> look, I know I used to have some pride issues, right? I thought I was really good on that part. So I'm excited to go through this. Um, all of them, I feel like every single one of these strongholds, I'm like, oh my gosh, this one is going to mean so much to me. And then, you're, you know, it's like, everyone is because we, especially the three of us, like we have been there. All right, guys, before we get in the episode, I just want to talk to you about NUX Activewear. Work hard, play hard, and slay through the sweat with NUX Active. NUX Active is high performance activewear that doesn't compromise on the chic. Located in Los Angeles, their diverse women-operated team oversees every meticulous detail of the design process from the first stitch to the last shipment. They channel Positive Planet vibes through a commitment to using the best organic fabrics and recycled materials as much as possible. NUX Active is active fashion that flexes and fits like a buttery second skin. 
power through Pilates, dare to reach your hit goals, and strive for that extra rep in Nux Active. Run, don't walk over to NuxActive.com. That's N-U-X-A-C-T-I-V-E.com to check out the latest collection and energizing colorways. As a gift to you, take 20% off your purchase with promo code ACTIVATE20 at checkout. That's ACTIVATE with a K, 20 at checkout. Make positive moves with Nux Active. All right, Nikki, thank you again for being here. Um, I'm excited. So let's just, let's just dive right into Pride and Greed. Yeah, let's do it, ladies. So I'll go ahead and start off with the basic scheme of the enemy exposing Pride and Greed, um, just to give a little backstory. And then we'll go ahead and dive into the uh, key scriptures. And this is one of those crazy ones, guys, like, you know, when I would go through a lot of these other strongholds personally, you know, some of them were a part of my past. Um, and then some of them, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to read that, but I, I don't really think I have an issue with that. And then I read that. And then mm. God was convicting me of some things. And I will tell you that time and time again, this is probably the seventh or eighth time I've gone through these strongholds, pride and greed were probably the one that the Lord has been showing me the last two years. And he has been shaking our house. He's been shaking my husband. He's been shaking myself because we grew up not having a lot. Mm. And so then we became self-sufficient. (laughs) And the Lord has really been showing me a lot of that because I was going to share too before we get started. I personally think that the Lord is going to give us revelation in and through anything with scripture, anything with truth, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that this other ministry that I took, the 36 weeks, I think that the reason I'm understanding the truth and the scripture so much as well is because I've unpacked a lot of cargo in my life. I've unpacked a lot of my past. I've unpacked a lot of the garbage. And so I think everything has tied in really, really well to be able to understand what it really means, right? Rather than just kind of read it. And so this is probably the one, the biggest one that he's literally been showing me the last couple of years, so much so that it's been like an up and downhill thing for me, like to the point of me saying, I'm willing to sell everything we have and live in a box. And I would be content with it, right? Because I know God is my provider in everything. My husband is not ready for that. So it's just been a really weird um, thing to understand in a sense. But what we have to just understand is that pride is anything that we build on our own and we get the own glory for, and God doesn't get any of it for anything in our own strength. Everything comes from the Lord, every single thing. Right. And so I just wanted to point this out that this is one that I thought, wow, um, that's probably not a big deal, but it's a big deal for me personally um, in multiple different ways. And I will share with you guys also that in the 40 years that this ministry has been going on in the strongholds, um, the individuals that walked through this program, there was one person who ended up taking his life. And the only stronghold he had was pride and greed. Wow. And so I just want to point that one out too, that it can be so deep and so covered up sometimes, but it can take a hold of you. And remember, you know, Satan fell because of pride. He wanted to be his own God. And so I just wanted to share that this morning or this afternoon, um, because it's, it was kind of one that was hidden for me personally. Um, so I'll go ahead and expose this in just a quick paragraph here. Um, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble self pride is the highest insult against the glory of God. 
It is lived out by worshiping the God in the mirror while becoming self-reliant, hedonistic, and building our own materialistic empire for which we take full credit. It is living as if God doesn't exist or is irrelevant. Satan's goal is to get us to manipulate others to worship and follow us rather than Jesus Christ as Lord. So in a nutshell, (laughs) it's another one of those that's like, oh, this one's a big deal too, right? But just not one that maybe the world talks about a lot. Um, So do you guys have anything you want to hit on before we get started? I'm not sure who's reading today for us, but I'm excited to go through these. Kristen's reading. I'm like, is this why I can't show up on social media anymore? (laughs) Oh, it's a whole coaster girl. Oh, Siri just said, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. That was right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm reading today and I don't, I'm sure I'm going to have lots of things to say, but I, I, I don't just yet. I'm excited to see, to dig in. Cause I know I'm going to be convicted. It's going to be really good. And for those who are maybe listening for the first time. So the first seven that we're going to read, they're going to expose pride and greed from a biblical viewpoint. So we'll start with those seven. So the first one we're going to start with is Ezekiel 28, 15 through 17. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the Mount of God and I expelled you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before the kings. Whoa. So in a nutshell, Satan's fall. So this is just exposing where Satan originally fell, right? And he fell um, when he became focused on himself, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have to remember, like the gospel is Christ-centered. So God wants us well. He wants us healed. He wants us following him so that we can walk out our purpose, which is always about him, but it's always centered on him. And one of the things too, I think that's kind of crazy is like a lot of us kind of think like if we have never really, I guess, understood scripture or read it, like in this sense that like Satan is some nasty looking demonic serpent. Cause that's how, what I, how I always think of him. Right. But he was beautiful. Mm-hmm. He was so beautiful that he just admired himself. Like he was beautiful. He wasn't this, you know, one that stood out in a crowd that looked like the devil. He was beautiful. And it was when he started focusing on himself and said, I'm going to become like God. I'm going to become my own God. um, That that's where he originally fell. So, yeah. Yeah. I think we all have this, you know, you might have this idea of what Satan looks like, that he was an angel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't think of that when you think of Satan. Yeah, that's good. So um, Isaiah 14, 13 through 14 is next. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. So notice in those verses what Satan said about himself five times. Mm. 
I. Pride is P-R-I-D-E. It's right in the middle of pride. I will. I will. I. Mm. So again, it's like looking in the mirror and looking at yourself as your provider, as the one with the strength and with the courage and building your success and everything else. It's it's all I focused, which I don't know why it didn't ring a bell for me until I literally walked through this. And I thought, well, I knew he was self-focused, but I never really understood like the depths of it, you know? So he was all about I, he was all about himself. And that's where he's at reigning in the world today. Remember, he's the God of this world, lowercase g. And he wants us to follow ourselves as well, just like himself, because if we're doing that, then we're following him. Okay, so the next one is Proverbs 16.5. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. So the proud in heart are an abomination to the Lord. You know, I literally, guys, I don't know. Is it just me or... I literally was reading, like, I think pride came in like last for me. I was learning about all the things that I did in my flesh and that after I I met the Lord and decided to follow him, even the things I was still dying to in the flesh, that everything we do in the flesh is to die. Like we're to die to all of that and walk in the spirit. And I don't know why pride and greed like never rung a bell for me like the other ones until recently, <laughs> you know, because it's the like, most sneaky one, right? Or you think like, Oh, I'm so healed. I'm getting so healed. But then if you're the one sitting at church, listening to these pride things and you're thinking of someone else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a sneaky one. That's what I really felt like when he was revealing this to me, you know, it was like, how did that come in? Like, how did that one like sneak in? But then he was just showing me over the years where Um, you know, and I've just been a believer for going on four years. So I feel like I'm fresh out of the womb, you know? And it's like, well, everything I did pre Jesus was all out of self and flesh because I didn't know him. I didn't know there was such a thing as flesh and spirit. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I didn't know there was such a thing. Uh, once you choose Jesus, you die to yourself, you die to your flesh. Like people say like, what does that mean? What do you mean you die? Well, we're already dead in our flesh. If we stay there. We might be physically alive, but we're already dead spiritually until we choose him and pick up our cross and follow him and die to ourselves. And Mm so um, it's just powerful. And again, you know, we have to remember like the circumcision of the heart, the book of Galatians, and even in the book of Romans, it talks about the circumcision. And so many people think it's the circumcision of the flesh, but yet it's a circumcision of the heart. And so he's saying here, um, it's an abomination to the Lord when we have pride in our heart. And again, to put it in English, like it's just anything that we think we've done and built ourselves. Yeah. Take credit for essentially. And so sometimes we can get to this point in life too, where we say, we learn all about the flesh and the spirit. We say, okay, God, well, what is my part then? If you're everything and you do it all, then what am I supposed to do? Right. And you know, the Bible says it's to have faith trust without waiver, without doubt, believe and obey and follow him. And if we do that, then we won't be in our old sin because that's not who Jesus is. And if we are, we're still following self in that vessel, in that area of our life. 
So that for me was just mind blowing. And I'm still processing this one, to be honest with you guys. Like I'm, I'm in this one probably right now in many of different ways. Um, and it's crazy, but like I said, you can, you can come from a lot in the world and have pride because of that. Like, I also think in America, we have so much, you guys, we have more than enough, so much so that we become focused on that instead of what's important. Um, I went to Tijuana last summer and I looked around and these guys had nothing. I mean, they were going to the bathroom on the sidewalk. They had nothing. And I sat with them for a while and I looked at them. And I just thought, you know, you guys have more than we have in America. Some of you, you guys have nothing materialistically, but you have the faith. Like you don't have anything to run to at the end of the day. You don't have any schedules to run to. Yeah. And yet in America, um, somebody was sharing also, you know, they went to a different country. They were having a revival at night and it was midnight. And the American said, you know, should we shut it down? It's getting late. And they said, why? These people have nothing to go home to. Why would we shut this down? But Americans were always looking at our watch. And guys, it's just like, wow, this system that we live in, this culture that we live in, it's built on a system and it's built on a hamster wheel of success and pride and money and provision and family. And this, I mean, if it's not one thing, it's another. And it just gets you thinking that sometimes I would challenge someone too, if you've never gone on a mission trip out of the country, I know some people say, we have enough need right here, but God will do something yeah. to your heart. If you go to a different culture, he's yeah. going to wreck your heart in a different way that you would never be able to experience here. So yes, you're going to go help the people, but God's actually helping us when we go to see something different that we've never seen before. And I remember like I came back from that and I was like, I just started getting rid of stuff that I was serving so, I mean, even just like, for instance, my eyelashes, I loved eyelashes. You guys, I came back and yeah. I was like, I don't want them. I don't want them. I don't want it. Like, I just, it's like the desires just start to fall off of you, you know? And it's like, I don't desire. It's like, God, am I going to desire anything more? Um, so it's just this heart. It's all about the heart and, and what he does in and through you on the journey. But, um, gosh, this is just a big one, but it's all a position of the heart at the end of the day. And how we're trusting in him and, and not ourselves, you know, that can be a really hard one to come out of, um, especially in America. Yeah. You know, because we have so much, but yet what do we really have? And also, especially Kristen and I were talking about this a little bit earlier about the the strong female and about, you know, like, oh, I am woman, hear me roar and look at all of the things I can do. And like, that's not of the Bible either. No, no, but we've become that because women have been hurt and that women have been raising themselves up against man and against God. And it's just like, you know, it's really about the perspective. And, and we were even talking about this, a group of us the other day. Um, so like internal healing. So you can take Bible college, you can read the Bible, but until the Lord has really like helped you on a personal soul spirit level to where he's helped you remove all of the junk and heal the wounds so that you can receive the truth. Yeah. Um, we were talking the other day about how important it was to actually go through a deep inner healing process with the Lord. Um, 
to sacrifice your time to just go through that so he can deal, you know, deal with those things with you so that you can receive because so many people I'm finding can't receive what he has because there's so much cargo within yet that doesn't belong. And so I think that is so important. I believe every Christian, you know, who even isn't struggling. Why? Because what if you meet somebody that is? There's this deep inner healing that we need to be able to go through ourselves, but that we also need to meet people where they're at and say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry you're going through that. You know, like I remember going through something similar. This is what really set me free in those areas. I don't know if you'd be open to that instead of just saying, oh, I'm so sorry you're going through that, you know, and not being able to help one another. Um, and I think that's the importance of getting trained up in this stuff is whether or not we're struggling with it, somebody else is going to be for certain and God wants to help them in and through us. That's his purpose for us. Yeah. You know, instead of saying, Oh, I wish so-and-so would get help. Like now you can bring them the help. Yeah. Confidently. Yeah. I think it was one of you guys that said this. I can't remember what we were talking about. And, and you said, we were like praying, you know, God help them. And God's like, I am, I'm going to use you the same thing. It's like, okay, what have you allowed God to do in and through your life? Where were you before Jesus? Where are you now? Like, what has he done for you now in and through that? Because that's why somebody's going to know they need him is like, Mm -hmm. tell them the mess, tell them the brokenness, tell them the slop, you know, don't let Satan come in and give you the shame so that you don't share the power of your testimony, because that's all about God. You know, Amen. we could have never gotten ourselves out of this, these messes without him. Yes. Yeah. Not the highlight reel, not the fairy tale lie, not the, you know, none of it. That's funny. You say the fairy tale lie. We actually had an assignment with a fairy tale and it was our lives, you know, and where we were. And it's just like, wow, it's, it's just crazy. But also just to know that everybody has a story. Everybody has yeah. a background. Everybody has a past um, and everybody is broken. And you guys and myself could all have experienced something in life at the same age, the same exact thing, but it's never the thing. But see, that's what Satan does. He says, Oh, remember that thing that happened to you? Yeah. And yet it could have affected you, you and myself all different. It's never the thing. It's what it did to us. Yeah. You know, because if we focus on the thing, we never get to the lie of what happened to us so that God can Mm -hmm. heal it with truth. Mm-hmm. And so we yeah. have to remember that we can't necessarily focus on the thing enough to recognize it, but then say, okay, what lie, what feeling did I have attached to that? What lie did I believe because of it? And now what does God say about that? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really helpful too. So I do think tools like that too are super helpful to be able to process stuff like this, especially when you start talking about sin, because the Holy Spirit's going to lead you out of sin through a relationship with him out of love. The Holy Spirit does the work. We can't because if we do, we're in works in the flesh. So if we don't have a relationship restored with him and he hasn't healed us and we don't know him and we don't believe him and we don't trust him and we doubt, then how in the world is he ever going to walk us out of our sin? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's hard. It, that's a hard process. It's like backwards. And then we typically fall back into it. So I don't know, just some revelation. It's actually what I've experienced. It's <laughs> just my story. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So good. So of the heart. Okay. So the next one is Daniel four twenty eight through 37. 
All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven. This is what I decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from the people and will live with the wild animals and you will eat grass like the ox. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. Immediately what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from the people and ate grass like the ox. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the power of powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out, and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven, because everything he does is right, and all his ways are just, and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. It's good. Wow. You know, so that's powerful. So in a nutshell, we see that King Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind, literally lost his mind because of pride. And he went crazy until he recognized God's sovereignty. And then he humbled himself before God when he, re- when he recognized this. And only then did his mind return to him. Um, there's a little section in this book, and this is the, the person I was talking about as, as well. Um, so in this section, it says in many years of doing this ministry, uh, with people who were tormented by the enemy, we've only lost one to suicide in his case, every form of intervention was attempted, including a residential Christian treatment center that dismissed him because they concluded he had demonic activity. He had Mm -hmm. several admissions at hospitals for mental health reasons. He had a long list of medical tests looking for clues into his condition. He even spent time at Mayo Clinic Psychiatric Hospital. They all suspected he had demonic activity in his life. So after this happened, you know, if you think about um, premature death in that sense as well, um, it's because you've literally lost your mind. And, And this person individually, his story was he was the best farmer. He had the best beautiful home. He had the best equipment. He had the fattest bank account. This was the gentleman that took his life eventually. So he had all of those things. Yeah. And, and he, you couldn't tell him any different. He was not willing to let go of that. Um, and after they, after they, um, they opened up a, a paper he had drawn toward the end of his life. And it was a picture of himself in a jail cell. And there was no door. He had walls all around him and he was just hanging on the bars and there was no door around him. So in his mind, that's what was happening because of the pride. The stronghold is the pride. The losing your mind comes afterwards. 
Mm. Not feeling like you can get out comes afterwards. It's when you release the stronghold of the pride and humble yourself that all of those thoughts and feelings leave. But he didn't think he could get out of that. He didn't see a door way out. He couldn't see it at that point. And so this one's really, really deep. Um, but oftentimes, you know, it is number six out of seven. Oftentimes this can sneak in after the first five. So these are all kind of sort of in order for that reason. Mm. But man, and we all know, look at the mental health crisis we have in the world right now. Yeah. Um, Especially here. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a loss of identity. It's. There is no identity. Yeah, yeah, there's no identity. Um, and, and again, we've talked about this before. I think you guys, it's anything you can come from a victimhood mindset where nothing's ever going right for you. It's one thing after another. That's a victimhood mindset. That's pride because the focus yeah. is on you. Same thing as everything's great, beautiful, grand, wonderful. Look what we have. That's pride too, right? So the center is Christ. You can be in your weakest moment. And I think it's Romans five in the beginning. It talks about your perseverance builds your character, your character builds. So it's one thing after another, we, we rejoice in our sufferings. So you can be suffering and giving the glory to God, and you can be not suffering and still giving the glory to God. And that's the difference. Um, if you're in, if you're way, way, way down and the focus is on you, it's pride. If you're way, way, way up and the focus is on you, it's pride. Mm. Where's Christ? He's in the center and he's still there in my circumstances, whether or not I'm on the ground or I'm on the mountaintop, you know? Um, oh, did you guys have anything to add to that one? That was a chunk. It was a chunk. I mean, no, it's just, I mean, it's like, it's just like, wow, for me, you know, like just reading that and I've read it before. That's always the weird thing. Like I've read all this but I feel like I was just reading that for the first time, you know, like bringing it in this context, it's different. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, agree. I just think it's, it's so yeah. deep. Yeah. yeah. And well, it's also the deception that, right. Again, deception starts with, it all starts with deception, but like how deep of deception is pride. Yeah. Yeah. And like I had said too, gosh, I feel like this was one that was just like hidden. You know what I mean? It was like, where'd you come from? You know? And then it's like, oh gosh, you've been there for some time. As soon as I started getting out of poverty, you know, you've been there for some time. Um, as soon as I started cutting off all the toxic people, you've been there for some time because pride comes in where we in the flesh can't handle things and we handle it in our flesh instead of in the spirit. And, um, and that's a weird thing for people to understand too. And that's why I think it's important to walk through a really deep process because we have to understand what it means to walk in the flesh and walk in the spirit, die to the flesh, walk in the spirit. There are two completely opposite things. The spirit of God was before all creation. He was already there. We are spiritual beings, but we feed our spirit man last. Most oftentimes we feed our fleshly man first, and we're actually supposed to die to the flesh. We're supposed to die to the flesh because the flesh is sin. And we do that when the Holy Spirit leads us because he doesn't lead us into sin, right? So that's what we have to remember is if we're fighting the flesh and we're fighting our sin, are we trying to fight it from our flesh or are we allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and he just leads us out of it? Mm. 
And that's where he's really given me that revelation. You know, when I quit drinking, I was trying to quit in the flesh for about a year and a half. And then I was in rebellion. On top of that. <laughs> yeah. And finally, he said, no, I'm going to do this work, you know, yeah. and I said, take away those. Okay, he does it. Yeah. We yeah. can't. We, we, just, we really can't. Just the way you just said that, like, how much easier does it sound to just let it go and let him lead, you know, instead of trying constantly to do it? Yeah out of the flesh like you're saying like when it's impossible yeah it's impossible without him leading the way yeah and it's exhausting and then on top of that then when we don't succeed we feel like a failure and then we have guilt and shame and we have to remember (laughs) yeah it's only because we were trying to do it ourselves see when satan's like ha she's trying to do it herself and then when she fails it's going to fall on her not god Mm -hmm. And, Mm. and if we could understand that part of it everything else begins to make more sense. But I think that we're really being pulled back to into a foundation of faith. What does that simple faith mean? What does yeah. being redeemed mean? What is being and made? Think of how easy it is to actually have the faith. Like for you and I both that like, just all of a sudden the answer was God. <laughs> how do you quit drinking? God. And like, just the desire to be gone. It just floors me like right now going through this little bit of a hard season right like I'm just like thank you God for my sobriety because this is a time where I would be gone yeah you know like and it's just I'm sure I've shared this I know I have and maybe with you Nikki on here I'm sure I have maybe even on the last episode but like in my mom's recovery, you know, she was started out at AA and one night she found herself at Bible study and it was Bible study or AA. They were both at the exact same time. And when she went into the Bible study, she said, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here or if I'm supposed to be there. And they said, you're in the exact right place. And she's moving back to AA. She's been in like three Bible studies a week um, ever since then. And that was what set her free. You know, it was not... Um, I mean, she, she has only good things to say about AA, but where she found, you know, finally found freedom from that was only God. And And I I just believe for sharing that. Yeah. I just believe too. I know many people have great things to say about it, but everybody that I know that has gone through or tried successfully or not, they still own the fact that they're an alcoholic. And you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah, because, um, okay, think about it like this, something simple. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I'm an alcoholic. You can't find any of those in the Bible about your identity. I'm fat. My anxiety. So, yeah, so anything that we say I am to, it better be what what is holy, pure, righteous, that's what it. God is, right? Yeah. Because that's who we are when he lives in us. Mm-hmm. So, the whole so for us, I am sober. Yeah, I am <laughs> like sober. the Holy Spirit lives in me. I can't yeah. say I'm an alcoholic because the Holy Spirit's not an alcoholic, you know. Um, yeah, it's a whole nother chapter, isn't it? <laughs> but that's really cool, and I love that. And I do believe that the power of God can work through anyone's addiction. It's when people get healed by hearing the word of God, by receiving the truth, that He sets them free because the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. There's nothing else in the world that can set us free from this stuff. Yeah. You know, and if you do, it might be a temporary freedom and then you fall back in or you grab onto some other addiction because you didn't really actually heal, you know? Can I, I want to share one more thing about on that note. Um, So my mom, and I shared this in my stories, you may have seen it, but uh, 
so she, after my cousin Chad passed away, my mom was in treatment and she was sitting in the chapel, just like, you know, praying and I don't know, listening to worship. I don't know what she was doing. She was in the chapel and on her watch, it popped up. Chad Clatt knows your, your location. Okay. So he had already passed away. He, he was gone. Nothing like that had happened before, but it said, Chad Clatt knows your location. Now they like, you know, they, um, obviously had this struggle in common. So it was like this, like, oh my gosh, I, Brenda, I know where you are. You know, like I see where you are and then it, it's never happened again. And we recently, we took his daughter to, um, on spring break this last, you know, just this couple of weeks ago. And it happened again. What? Chad Clatt knows your location. He's been gone for two years. Wow. And it's it, twice. And those are the two times. Wow. No took a picture of it and it was just like, oh, well, yes, Steph. Steph is wow. rubbing off her goosebumps right now because it, it really is like, you know, I don't know. Just It's just one of those things where you got to have your eyes open. There are signs all around you that, you know, you're on the right track, you're doing the right thing. thing. Um, he's, he sees you, he's with you, you know? Um, so that was just so cool. That's beautiful. Yeah. And no coincidence. There is no such thing. There's no coincidences. There's just not, that's a God wing. That is not a coincidence. It's a God wing. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. It's yeah. I love that. And that's that hope, you know, and those are the miracles and the signs and the wonders that God is still doing today. We can't think that he's not still doing it today. He absolutely is. And it's yeah. for our encouragement. It's for our strengthening. And then also for those who maybe aren't quite there yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go to James four, six through seven next. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Yep, so in a nutshell, God resists the proud, and Satan is in that context. Um. And then resist the devil and he will flee from you. So I know we're going to go to the next scripture also. And that's going to also speak to that. And one of the ways, like sometimes I think when people hear that, they say, well, how do I resist it? Or how do I, one of the best ways that you can resist the devil is just to read the word of God, to just hear the word of God, because it's the word that washes us clean. And so, um, Again, it's really nothing in the flesh that you can do other than sacrifice your time (laughs) to be with the Lord in some way, shape, or form. And that is literally going to automatically resist the devil. Yeah, I had a (laughs) real... Go ahead. I was just going to say I had, um, and I've probably shared this before too, but I was speaking with a Christian life coach and we we were on this call and you know, it's just so funny when you do things like this, it's like you, you spend hours talking to a person or whatever it is, or reading a book and you take like one thing, like you can remember like one thing that happened. Right. And in one of our conversations, we were just talking and I was like, um, kind of like talking down about myself, which I tend to do. And she, she stopped me and she's like, why do you do that? And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, I'm like, I'm, I'm being humble. And she's like, no, you're being prideful. 
And I was like, what? Like it, it was like a dagger to my heart because she's like, that's not who God says you are. Like, yeah. that is not what that is. And it was like, it you know, honestly, it was very confused for a minute. I'm like, oh my gosh, my whole life I've been like thinking that this is humility. <laughs> and um, she yeah. just called it out, you know, and it was just like, I had to really pray on that afterward because I'm like, wait, like this is almost my, almost my identity wrapped up in, in that a little bit where I'm just never... I'm all, I'm not saying who God says I am though, by doing that, you know, like I'm, I'm saying that's like me saying I'm fat or I'm an alcoholic or I'm a whatever. I'm not using those words and that's not humility. Yeah. You know, it was just so interesting. Cause I was like floored by that. Like, whoa. Cause that's the, the last thing, obviously that would be the last thing I would want to be called is, is someone who's being prideful in that. Yeah. But it was like a very interesting like twist. I did not see that coming. That's really You're cool. almost thinking like, oh, I'm trying to lessen myself or yeah, maybe, just, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, no, that's humility. But you're not supposed to lessen yeah. yourself. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, that, that's was, great. that was eye-opening for sure. What I was going to say is Kristen and I always say the first thing before we even open our eyes in the morning is literally clasp our hands. And when you were saying, you know, if you want to, battle thoughts or feelings, you know, whatever to open the word. And I had a real rough couple of days this week and like just shaking and that doesn't happen a whole lot for me anymore, luckily. Um, and I didn't even, not to say I didn't even know if I could open the Bible, but anyways, I came right to my Bible. So I clasped my hands, prayed, 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 um, and then came and grabbed my Bible and literally just with my eyes closed, like set it on my heart. And like that, that was it. Like God just yeah. placed the word on my heart. You know what I mean? And it was, it literally took it away. And then I was able to you know, open it. And, and that's again, no coincidences there. Like I'll just flip through and what I come to always blows my mind, you know? Yeah. Question. And then you open it and God's like, here's your answer. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so good, you guys. So, so good. Um, so so we're going to first Peter then. So first Peter five, five through nine is gonna touch on that as well. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Call all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast, my bad. Cast, I was like, I know that verse. That didn't sound right. <laughs> Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So good. As you were saying that, I was thinking of just, and there's many situations, you guys, but if we can use um, Steph, for example. Okay, so this past week, you were going through that. Okay, so then you like look back and you're like, why was I going through that? Well, because you were going through something that was building up your faith, right? You were going through something that you were waiting on, that you were looking to, and it was yeah. giving you anxiety because you didn't know the outcome. 
And so it said in that scripture, it says, cast your anxiety on him. Okay, so we're going to cast it. We're going to say, okay, God, why am I having this? Um, and then it also says, because the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion looking, lion, looking for someone to devour. So God's going to allow us to cast the anxiety on him when we don't know the outcome, right? And then the devil, though, he's prowling around looking at our situations and circumstances and going, all right, she's a little weak right now because she really is waiting on something right now. And I know she's a woman of faith, but I know it's killing her. I know she's got this anxiety. So then he tries to come in in our weaker moment. And it's usually those moments that we're like shifting into a different season or we're waiting on an answer. And it's like, even it's like, oh my gosh, I hope the answer is, you know, this. And like, what if it's not? And then, and then God is like, but I will show you, I will open the door and I will close the door, you know? And it's yeah. always those what ifs. And then it always comes back to, cause I just want to share this for the listeners, for anything that you're going through, you're waiting on, you're looking to, um, it's always going to fall back on trust on God. And if we have all of those feelings, like you knew to go grab your Bible and then you were able to hold on to it and you were able to open it up, you knew that, but sometimes people aren't that far yet. They don't know that sure. yet. And so then they, they sit in the anxiety for years. You know, I lived in anxiety for 33 years because oh, I yeah. kept with the Lord. So um, you knew what to do, but the devil was prowling around and he was just probably eating that up all week, you know, like, oh, mm-hmm. she doesn't know yet. Oh, look, and he was so, like, oh, well, then how about this? And oh, how about this too? And oh, can you handle this? <laughs> yes. So whatever. It wasn't is- even the initial thing that I was waiting on. It was all the other things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then so topped it up. Yep like stacked it on top of one another. Cause it was like, okay, she's got a lot on her plate right now. And she's, you know, and those are some of those moments that, you know, I sometimes think maybe I should care more about some stuff, you know, but like I used to have such bad anxiety about all things. And it was yeah. always when I didn't know the outcome. And it was always yeah. when I, I wanted something to happen or not want something to happen. And then God has really shifted me into this position of saying, you know, I'll show you if it's for you or not. And so sometimes I think, gosh, why don't I care more? Or why am I not anxious about this anymore? Like in the past, I would have just died from anxiety, you know? And it's just like, Nikki, are you even there? (laughs) You know, because I'm just not shook by it anymore. And there was something that we went through recently. Um, This is kind of, I guess, something you can kind of look at too. So there was an example of, it was like um, a water bottle. And that was us. And there was holes in the bottom of it. And in front, there was all these other water bottles. And it was uh, career, success, education, children, husband, family, provision, things of God, church, bigger church, all the things, right? Car, whatever. And so they were taking all these things and they were filling up this jug, but it had holes in it. So they had to keep uh, filling it. Yeah. They keep taking from all the things and then it keeps leaking out. Well, maybe this will suffice then. Maybe I need a little more education. Maybe I need a, a bigger church. This one's not doing it for me. Maybe I need a different spouse, like whatever it is, right? And and you have to keep filling the tank because it just keeps draining out. Mm. And it's only when we take our tube and we fill it from God that those holes stop. It's none of those things that can fill our tanks. Some of them are good. Some of them are not good. Some of them are good. Um, but it's like, if we were to lose one, would it shake us? And if it would, then we've attached ourselves as that, as our provider. Yeah. Not. And it's like, I remember when we went through that the first couple of times, I was like, 
oh my gosh, that was me. Like all the bottles, you know, all the bottles. <laughs> um, Literally then, all the bottles. No. That was a bottle too. I'm sorry. I forgot. It was all the things. Whatever yeah. we're looking to for fulfillment of who we are, how we can become better or be loved or be accepted. It can only be found in God. Like, yeah. and so I was just like, wow, that looks like a rat race. I'm exhausted watching him just take and fill, take and fill, take and fill. But look at the world. That's what we do. Yeah. That's what we do. So it's just like, oh, wow. Identity, you know? Yeah. Of the world. Yeah. Okay. So um, the last one is going to be First uh, John 2, 15 through 17. And then we'll... We'll go into the antidote for pride and greed. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love the f- love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Mm, that's so good. I love First John in mm. general. <laughs> Um, and the three basic sins are related to pride and greed. So if you look at that again, you'll remember Satan is the God of the world. Everything of the world is what we've been trained to seek for love, acceptance, fulfillment. But the heart hole that we all have, especially if we have past garbage, Mm -hmm. um, can only be healed and filled by the one. And if we don't ever realize that or figure that out, then we're going to fall into that pride and greed. And that greed is, gosh, it's just anything that we're seeking full, full, for fulfillment of more for me. Like, what can I get more of? What can I? And it's like, again, that's I focused. What can I? What can I? What can I? And I think that's why this one has shook me so much because... There's so many things that I was doing and building. And and I looked at it and I thought, I was certainly building that for me. Mm. Certainly building that for me. And, um, you know, when God got a hold of my heart in that, um, you know, I believe God is a God of miracles. I believe he's a God of abundance. I believe he's a God of all those things. But at the end of the day, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it to serve him or is it to serve me? Yeah. And I've been on a, like a year and a half journey with this pride thing. <laughs> and sometimes it's like, it's hard to know. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's hard to know because, and I think, again, I just always have to ask myself, who is it for? Is it for me or is it for God? And, and the truth was, like I said, you know, born again, four years ago, almost everything I did before Jesus was for me, whether I was in pity party land, or I was becoming successful, whatever it was, it was all about me. It was never about God. And um, so when I learned that and learned about the flesh and the spirit and the dying too, and the picking up, you know, less of me, more of him, it's like, ah, oh, it's just foreign. It's kind of a foreign language when we've not grown yeah. up with that. Or you've not understood what it really means to be redeemed in him alone. And so I wrestled with that one. Yeah. Well, and we've said it so many times that people can be Christian for their entire life, but never know faith like this, right? I just feel like, like, I'm just thinking about 
you know, so many successful people I know. And like, how do you reconcile that? You know, like, what does it look like? I guess you just have to pray on it. And it looks different for every person, what it would look like. It doesn't mean everyone should shut down their business and stop doing what they're doing, you know, but you have to look at your motives, I guess, and what you're doing with your success. Because he also wants us to have abundance, right? Like he does. He wants to bless us, but yeah, it's, Well, and like you just said, he wants to bless us. So when he blesses us with time and finances, what are we doing with them? Yeah. You know, like you just said, so what's the purpose? So again, like I had told my husband a few years ago, even when income, you know, like he went out on his own, I went out on my own and income started coming in. Like we had never experienced before. And guess what? We were not prepared. Mm. So what did we do with it? Um, I'm not even sure what happened. Literally. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I said, like, I did so well. And I, uh... yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I said to him, I said, I think God doesn't not want us to have that. I said, I think God wants you and I sit down and map out a year, two year, five year, 10 year plan. And that when that comes in like that, again, we know exactly where it's going. Because we were not prepared for that. We we couldn't have even planned for that. And I said, um, I know God has blessed us with, you know, me being able to be home and our businesses and so many things that we don't deserve. You know, it's like, I, I don't know if I even deserve that. Like, it's like, we have more than enough. We have yeah. so much more than we need. And I'm just like, I I just believe he wants us to know where we're going with it. And if we ask him, he'll show us, you know? Mm-hmm. Or he'll give us the desires of our heart. He gives us our heart yeah. desires, not us. And and my heart desire was my heart desire for a long time, you know? And so that's where I'm positioned. And like you said, Kristen, you know, again, it's all about our position. And, and is it for him? Has he called us to it? Is he telling us to do it? And And what is he telling us to do it for? You know, I've asked some people too about, you know, what is your goal? And they'll say, well, freedom, time freedom, money freedom. Okay. And then what are you going to do with it then? When, you, when you're yeah. tied up, you have all the time and you have all the money, then what? And they can't tell me anything further past that. So that's kind of what I'm talking about is like, we can have all those things and God has blessed us with both of those. And guess what? We weren't prepared for them. We didn't serve him on either end. Well, some things we did, but it wasn't our main focus. Yeah. And so that's why he's been wrecking my heart is because we weren't we weren't postured in that way personally. Um, and my husband, you know, he's been a Catholic his whole life, but he wasn't really serving the Lord or following the Lord until probably a year and a half ago. Um, and me three and a half years ago, you know, so how can you serve the Lord if you don't know the Lord? Is all I'm, I guess I'm trying to say. So that's um, interesting to me. I didn't know that he was, so he was a Christian his whole life. Yeah, he went to church and he was told, you know, you're going to go to hell. If you don't <laughs> to so he went to church. <laughs> go to hell if you don't go to church on Sunday yeah. and um, never had a personal relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know there was one and they never opened their Bibles. So I started reading the Bible and sharing with him. I thought he knew it, you know, and he said, okay. And I said, well, you know, don't you know this? And he's like, no. I'm like, what do you mean? You know, you went, you went to church your whole life. I didn't, you know, he goes, Nikki, we didn't read the Bible. It's that in one spot. Yeah. We didn't, we we would confess 
on Sundays and then go live our lives the rest of the week. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, <laughs> Christian. I mean, is that the definition of Christian? I mean, I think so, but I think people want to know God and they know there's a God, but there's no relationship. There's no breakthrough. There's no freedom. There's no transformation. There's no righteousness. Yeah. And so, and that's a self-focus as well, right? Because we're still not serving him. Um, the book of Romans says, you know, we are slaves to righteousness when we choose Jesus, because if we're not slaves to righteousness, we're automatically slaves to sin. Mm. Automatic. We're automatic seeds of Adam, precious little babies that come out of the womb. They're automatic sinners. They don't even have to do anything to be sinners. They're automatically a sinner. So if we know that and understand that in the faith, in that, you know, what does that really mean? And I think that's what God wants people to know is the power of God wants to move you, but he's been put in a box of religion for years. Yeah. And religion isn't Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like the power of God, like he wants to get so many people out of their bondage that don't really just know him yet, but you can't walk out of your sin because if you're not trusting him and you're not led by the spirit because you don't know him, well, gosh, it makes sense. That's why just going to church isn't enough. That's why, you know, you go to church because you love God and you're hungry and thirsty for him. And he's going to feed you when you go and you can serve others there. Yeah. But we just have this American, Americanized, Americanized mm-hmm. Christianity. And man, God just wants to break through in people's lives. And he wants to love them and he wants them to know their the, the love he has for them and their identity in him. Mm-hmm. Because none of this can make sense or break through unless we first have that. I think that's a, that's a question that people should really ask themselves. Like if they're deep in a denomination, um, like not, not saying anything bad, but like ask yourself those questions. Like, is what I'm being taught and told, is it directly from the Bible? And is it directly from the 66 books of the Bible? You know, like not the 73 or whatever that looks like in your church, you know, um, I think that we get a lot of us, like, I think you just, especially people who grew up in church and maybe not even, especially maybe people who are new Christians who stumble into whatever, you know, denomination is closest to their house or whatever. And then you just think that's Christianity that must be in the Bible. You just kind of believe it without ever seeing it or looking into it with your own eyes. You just believe like, Oh, if the pastor said this on the pulpit, like this must be the truth of it. Right. But if you, yeah, if you don't, if you don't go looking for it Sounds yourself, a lot like the nation, <laughs> and ask these questions, like, oh, is this from the word, or is this from this specific denomination? You know, um, I think that's a question everybody should be asking themselves and really digging into. And if you have specific questions about, you know, Christianity or your religion, go looking for it in the Bible. It's it's not incomplete and it's everything you need. And it's the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. That's really, really good. Um, and I always tell people, God doesn't keep secrets. The only secret kept are those that we do not seek. Mm. And here's the, here's what, here's the sad part of right now where we're at, but, but this can change. Most people don't know it's in the Bible because they don't read it. Yeah. See, so All if right. they're being taught or they're being told, They don't even know if that's what the word of God says. And if they open it and just read one scripture, it still doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. So that's why it makes sense based on the narrative, you know, based on whatever their 
thought is going in, they, they can make it make sense out of context. Right. Or look at us. Okay. We've read it a few times, far from perfect, have a long way to go, but we're still getting, it's like, okay, I've read that 10 times. I've never heard it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or what just happened? That's the power of God, you know? And he says, those who diligently seek will be rewarded. Yes. It's not a one-time thing. It's a lifelong it's seeking forever for your, all of the days of your life, you continue seeking God. And, you know, I think that you'll continue to see things that you never saw and learn things that you never learned and hear things that you never heard. Well, it's, and it's because he's constantly pursuing us. Yeah. So are we seeking? If we're seeking, then we're doing what we're supposed to do, which is digging deeper into the word because he's been pursuing us all along. There's a reason why I'm still alive. (laughs) You know, like there's a reason. And it's because he knew like, you know, we have mess turned into message. Like, you know, for people that think they don't deserve Christ or whatever that is, like that is that's the lie. Like your story matters. He already wrote it. He already knew, you know, and, and how will you move forward with that? Steph, this makes me just, Steph and I have had a lot of conversations recently, just like, um, being totally transparent, um, about this podcast. And, um, you know, ever since you started coming on Nikki, we've had like a new, um, just sense of purpose, with activate, but it doesn't mean we still haven't thought like, you know, just with the stage, like, especially where Steph's at in her life right now, it's just like, sometimes we feel like we're phoning it in, you know, like not these days when you're here, but when it's just us honest to God, there's days where I'm like, okay, we got to record in 20 minutes. What are we talking about? (laughs) And we don't want to show up that way because we, I value the people who are like spending their time listening. Like I want to be prepared and I want it to be well thought out and a um, you know, valuable to people. And so we go back and forth, like what we need to pray on this. Do we keep doing it? What is this? And I'm like, Oh, I wish we just had access to all of the people who listen and we could just like pull them and say, what do you want? Is this good? Do you like it? Should we stop? Would you miss us? Like all these things. And I think what you just said right there is just such, um, it's just telling me that we need to keep doing this. Like, you know, we, we have to keep doing this. This is where we had the messiest lives and we have such a message to share. And I think no matter if we do it, you know, ugly, if we make mistakes, if we come unprepared, like whatever it looks like, um, our mess, sometimes it's this podcast is our mess, but we're sharing, you know, from our hearts and the way God has changed us. And just like we talk about too, like if you, Nikki, if you listened to this podcast four years ago, we are different people. We're not listening to people that started this podcast. Um, You know, I was so, you know, just different things, like so focused on every single episode I talked about. I binged or I ate too much or I was fat or I gained weight or whatever. Like I was so deep in an eating disorder and, um, you know, step, we, we were, we were drinking and, you know, I just like, it's just, um, I don't know that just what you just said, just gave me so much confirmation that we just have to keep showing up and it doesn't ever have to be anything more than what it is right now. I just think our purpose is, you know, to just, to just continue to show up for the people that have continued to listen and are, you know, um, intrigued by 
our journey. When we say nothing at all too, like, (laughs) I just, I just think it's so important. And that just, I don't know, that just came over me as you were talking, like, no matter how we do it, this work is just important. And whether it's like, if we're talking to 2000 people or 20,000 people or 20 people, like, I feel like if we get 20 people to listen to us talk about God and the way he's transformed our lives and how these seven strongholds could be, you know, could be holding you back from so much um, joy and peace and eternal salvation. Like we have to tell those 20 people. That's powerful. And I want to remind you guys too, that I think the Lord is taking us all, everyone into a new season of, and so this is something I challenge people too. So maybe for the listeners, we can challenge, um, what is your story? So where were you pre-Jesus and what has happened in your life since after Jesus? Okay. That's your purpose. That's your testimony. And God has a purpose for each and every one of us. If we're still breathing right now. Okay. But remember it's God's purpose, not our purpose. So if we're still breathing right now, I asked the Lord about this and I I don't remember if I shared this with you guys, but I know a lot of people, many people struggle. They tell me they don't know what their purpose is. I don't know my purpose. I don't know. I don't know. I've never known it. I asked the Lord what I asked him the depths of purpose and what that looked like. And he shared this with me and I want everybody to pray on it. Okay. This is what I heard. And he said, every single person's purpose is the exact same thing. And I thought, what do you mean? I thought we were all unique. I thought we were all different. (laughs) I've gifted you. I've talented you with different things. You're unique in your own identity. And the way you're going to go share it is through your testimony. The mess that you had, the message that you have today, your purpose is to share me, the power of me, whether you've chosen to believe in Jesus Christ yet or not. I still created you. It's still your purpose. Whether you have chosen Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your purpose is to glorify me and what I can do in other people's lives. And you're qualified not by the piece of paper on your wall, but by the mess that is now your message. I think that Amen. I think that really can release you from guilt and shame as well, knowing that, gosh, he knew all these mistakes you were going to make. And now he just wants you to use it for his glory. That's the whole point. That's your purpose. Like you don't have to stay yeah. stuck in guilt and shame over the choices you made. Use it for good. Use it to glorify God. That's literally the point. Yeah. And, and you know what, somebody out there struggling with something that you struggled with in the past, and they want to listen to someone who's been through it, who's walked through it. Someone that says, I, here's where I was, but this is what Jesus did for me. So whether they know him or they don't, they're going to know they're going to, you're going to plant that seed that they're, they're going to try everything in the world to heal that wound in their life. And their, your testimony is always going to stick in their head, right? Like, God radically set me free from anxiety and depression and medication and alcohol and bitterness and unforgiveness and anger and all these things, right? Like he radically set me free, but, but I was seeking his word four to six hours a day and I was inner healing. It didn't fall on me. I was seeking it and the word washed me clean, you know, and it's it's a forever thing. But, um, you guys like, Whoever's listening, like there's no shame in your past and and your, your testimony is actually what he wants you to share. So if you can speak to that, the the millions, the many are struggling right now with something that you yourself struggled with right now. And and they're seeking all the worldly things for help, the counselors and the psychiatric stuff and the drugs and, and the alcohol and the prescription medication and and relationships and different spouses and more kids and 
they just don't know. They, yeah. they don't know what can actually heal them. And so if we do know that people are struggling like we were, that's what God's asking us to do. Yes. And every time you can come on and help someone with a struggle that they're going through by pointing them to the healer, because he's already done it for you. So nobody can take your testimony from you. Yeah. You know, that's why I share the word of God. Cause I know the thing's real, right? I know the thing's real. I don't care if you don't believe it. Like the thing is real. It transformed my life. Yeah. But you'll never share the word of God like that if it hasn't yet transformed your life. So that's why I challenge you. Where were you pre-Jesus and what has happened afterwards? There should be a transformation that took place and is still taking place. Yeah. And that is what we're called to share. And when you do that, people are waiting for that. That's actually what they need, but they don't know how to ask for it, you know, and share that. And so, yeah, that there's so much purpose in that. And like you said, your episodes four years ago were different. Imagine your episodes four years from now, if you're speaking from God's will and God's purpose yeah. for his lost sheep, imagine the messages four years from now. Wow. Yeah. You know, so he's transformed you. That's beautiful. You just said it's different. It should be. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> Thank so, you, Jesus. That's the power of your testimony right there. You know, I can't believe, you know, I look at my social media four years ago and I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> what was I doing? I mean, no, that's not, God didn't ask me to show up like that. Yeah. But praise God, because he's transformed me. So there's no shame in where we were and how we showed up and what we shared because the glory of God's all over that if we're yes. different now. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so good. So good. So, okay. so. I know these, honestly, guys, like we could probably be like 12 hours in on, <laughs> but the, the depths of it could just go on and on. So, um, we're just scratching the surface, but we're going to go into the next seven to, um, finish this episode on pride and greed. And this is going to be the antidote for pride and greed, which is humility and a contrite heart. So we're going to start with second Chronicles seven, 13 through 18. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. As for you, if you walk before me faithfully as David, your father did and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne as I covenanted with David, your father, when I said, you shall never fail to have a successor to rule over Israel. So humbling ourselves is the starting point of deep lasting renewal, which gosh, I think we've been talking about that on this whole episode. Really? It's yeah. It's about the heart in that sense. Um, and a turning to as well um, and letting go of the pride. You know, we've talked about control and surrender in the past. And so like for me personally, I'm learning like I got to let go of those things that don't have a place in, you know, my future with the Lord. Um, pride being one of them. Um, okay, so Isaiah 55, 6 through 12 is next. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace, and mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. I love Isaiah. (laughs) It's like you could just bathe in that. Um, So God wants us to consciously live according to his ways, not our ways, and to just you know, in a nutshell, again, like we've been talking about, we have to know him, we have to seek him, we have to know who he is, and that he loves us to even be able to live according to his ways. Yeah. So it's that turning to and humbling um, of ourselves, essentially. Um, And we're just going to skip forward just a little bit to Isaiah 57, 15 next. For this is what the high and exalted one says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. So notice where God dwells. He's high and holy above all. Um, But his intention in his heart is for those who are lowly to pick them back up and call them home. And how does he do that? Well, through the Bible, but through his people, through his people who are living according to his ways. Okay, so then we're going to go just a little bit more forward to Isaiah 66, 1 through 2. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things and so they they came into being? These are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. So God has favor and pays special attention to the humble. Um, I think that's something too, like to remember, like God's favor and his, his anointing is going to rest upon someone who is diligently, you think of Jesus, you know, he, he was always, no matter what was going on around him, his will was always to do the father's will, no matter what happened. And, you know, he came to model how we should be positioned essentially on earth in the flesh while we're still here. And so if he came to do that, you know, again, we have to look in the mirror and say, okay, how are we positioned? What are we working from and who are we working for, especially in the world today? Um, So that's a pretty good revelation. And he pays special attention to the, the humble. Um, all right, we're going to go to James four, four through 10 next. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. 
Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. That's so good. So God gives special grace to the humble who reject worldly values, resist the devil, submit to God, draw near to God, and repent from their sinful ways. And again, I think we have to remember what the word repent is. I think a lot of people think that repent is like, okay, I have to stop doing this sin. You know, I have to stop drinking. I have yeah. to stop being sexually immoral. Okay. Um, and, then, and then they fail and they feel like they can't do it. So they're just not good enough or there's this guilt and shame. Again, the repentance is coming into agreement with God once he reveals his truth. Okay. Okay, God, I agree with you. I read it. Even if I don't feel it, even if I don't feel like it, even if I don't necessarily believe it, even if I don't want to, my job is to make sure I have the mind of Christ and renew my mind so that I have the thoughts of Christ so that I do the works of Christ and I speak the words of Christ. And so, um, one talked about to resisting the devil as well, but, um, again, to repent from our sinful ways again, is this like, okay, I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to die to this flesh. I'm going to pick up my cross. I'm going to seek the Lord and whatever it is he wants for me and let his spirit lead. And when the spirit of God leads, he will never, ever, ever lead you to temptation or something that's not in his will. You know, he just won't because that's not who he is. And so when we repent, you can release the pressure and say, okay, I'm going to let the spirit of God do this thing because there's no way I can. And then when he leads, that's when he walks us out of our sin and our unholiness and our unrighteousness. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's his, it's his power. Again, it's his power. It's not us, but we have to repent. We have to repent. You know, when we're born again, we have chosen Jesus and we have to repent of our sins Mm -hmm. coming into agreement. Now he's going to reveal more to us than what we know in that moment as we seek and follow him. Because as soon as we choose him, that relationship begins from that day forward. It's a relationship. He's a relationship God. So, hmm. That's a good book too. I love the book of James. And then we're going to go back to first Peter again. So this one's going to be kind of another recap um, from what we already read, but a couple more verses. So first Peter five, five through 11. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Hmm. There's his instructions, <laughs> you know. Um, it's beautiful. And, and it all goes full circle. Um, and again, this is how we're going to resist the devil. And how we're resisting the devil is, so again, if we don't, if we don't understand who we are in the flesh before we're born again in the spirit, Um, we're going to continue naturally serving our flesh. So that's serving the devil, right? Um, in the things that we think our thoughts, you guys, oh my gosh, I I can't stress enough the thoughts. 
um, if our mind isn't renewed, um, anything we think we're going to end up submitting to one or the other, and we can't serve two masters. So everything's going to go full, full circle in that sense. Is, was there anything that stuck out for you in that verse? I, I mean, it's just so wow. good. I love that we got to go over that one twice. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really good. I would absolutely recommend too. like some of those books are shorter. So for those of you that are listening, like the book of James, um, first John, second John, uh, Colossians, Philippians, Ephesians, Galatians, those are all really short books. They're like five chapters. Um, if you can just dive in and pray for the Holy spirit to give you the eyes, the ears and the heart that's pressured to receive it. Yes. And know he's going to give you some breakthrough and revelation in there. And the book of Ephesians also is all about your identity. So if you want to know who you are, read the book of Ephesians, and then everything else will start making more sense when you can grab a hold of that. Love that. Um, okay, so there's one last scripture. So it's 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. That's so good. I think that kind of ties, I mean, obviously it ties into what we've been talking about tonight too. Like, again, when we understand flesh and spirit, we know that like no one is going to get out of fleshly death. Like we're all going to pass away, right? Yes. We have to get to this point where I hope, you know, if you're a believer that you're not afraid to die, right? Because we know that to die is to live with him. Um, And if you are afraid to die, I would definitely ask the Lord what that fear is um, because death is not something we can escape. And so anything that's going on in the world, and this is everything that pride and greed is pointed towards in this session tonight, um, anything that is of the world that is going to vanish essentially that doesn't really have any value. I mean, what's the point? What's what is the point, right? Because none of that is building anything for the kingdom right now. Mm-hmm. And none of that's actually going to matter in the end. And so, and yet we're just so deceived in that, you know, we just, well, all of these things, this is all what matters. And when you really learn about that, God will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the next steps. He will open new doors. He will prune away anything that doesn't need to be there anymore. He'll take away the desire. Yeah. Remember remember at the Bible Bible Museum, um, Jamie Winship, he talked about kingdom versus, oh, I know. I can't ever remember. You know what I'm talking about? That was that law, but... Yeah. Kingdom versus, I don't know what, but it's making me think of it right now. It was so good. I don't know where my notes are from that kingdom versus something, but it was really, really good. And it's making me think of what you're saying right now. You know, I mean, it's a choice we have to make. It's like a choice we have to make every single day, really. You know, it's not like you just wait till like, okay, I'm 85. It's probably getting close to the end. I should probably start choosing this you know, this different thing now, like it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just when you know better, you do better. It's, it's one of those things where it's just like, okay, now, you know, now is when you have to repent. Now is when you have to make these changes. Like you can't just, 
you know, eh, I'll get to that. You don't know when your last day on this earth is. It could be tomorrow. It could be, you know, it could be, it could be tonight. You may not wake up in the morning. And I think that you, you just got to continue to do the best you can do with the knowledge that you have. And again, just keep seeking. And that's, it's such an exciting thing really to realize like how much you don't know, how much there, how much more there is for you to learn and understand and comprehend and, and maybe never truly understand, but to just, um, you know, to, to just continue that your, your whole life. It's just, it's truly the point. It's what he wants from us. Continue seeking, do better as you understand more and, you know, do everything for his glory. That's so true. I'm glad you said that because this thing right here is never going to happen naturally on its own. It's it's absolutely an intentional right. action. And so that's what we have to remember is, you know, our natural fleshly bodies and minds and, and hearts desires are going to want to do things that are in opposition because that's what the flesh is. So this is an intentional, we have to do it, but yet when you start to do it and you start to get set free and you see the power of it, then some of those fleshly things start to die away and you recognize and realize the supernatural peace that came upon you when you were. And then when you start to fall away from it again, the anxiety and the depression and all those things can start to creep back in because they're getting further away from the Lord. And you're like, God, come back, you know, like, where's that peace? And, and that's just a radar showing you if you're maybe drifting just a little bit too far away from him but it's absolutely an intentional seeking that we have to do each and every one of us. It it does not just fall upon. um, And it's not by, you know, and then it leads you to be intentional in your other relationships. It's God, husband, or, you know, whatever, then children, right? Like, again, it's all spelled out. And when you're intentional with the Lord, you're intentional with how you want to treat the other people, love thy neighbor, the people that are doing you wrong, right? The people that's the thing for me right now is I'm in this season where I all of a sudden, you know, I'm very careful of who I allow into my space. And because of things out of my control, there are people in my space. (laughs) And it was throwing me, you know, and, and it's just, it's just, it's so, so good. All of it. It's, it's all right there. Intentional. I think in, if there's one word, right, like intentional, being intentional here will lead you to automatically be intentional in the other areas. Well, and we're intentional with many things in our life with some things, right? But then we have to ask yeah. ourselves, what are we actually prioritizing? Yeah. What's the purpose of it, right? Because it's always about the purpose of what we're being intentional about. Some of it has zero value. Yeah. Um. So again, we have to know why it's always like, why am I doing what I'm doing? And who am I doing it for? <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Especially on today's episode, who am I doing this thing for? Um, uh, but it is the journey forever. Like this is something that will be never ending. And guess what? You're, you're going to be on it with us. You're never going to be alone because we're, we're walking the same exact journey with you guys and you're not alone. <laughs> we're yeah. doing it too. Before you read um, the repentance prayer, so it was kingdom versus empire. I just found my notes and it's, gosh, it was so good. Um, Oh my gosh. I guess I just don't have time to go into it, but it was so, so good and powerful. Um, You can't receive from God if you're living out of your kingdom identity, um, if you're not living out of your kingdom identity, right? And they talked so much about, asking God 
what do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do? And I think that's such a great way to start every day. Nikki, I know you said you start your day with like, God, what are we going to do today? And I just love that so much. Um, but I've been trying to remember like in any situation or when I'm praying, like, God, what do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do? And, you know, get it from his perspective, not your, not your, empire, not your, you know, empire perspective, but your kingdom perspective, because that's where you can, you know, make impact out of that, um, out of that place. So, um, I just, I don't know, that was just coming into my head the whole time you were, we were talking there, but I want you to read the repentance prayer. So repentance from pride and greed. Um, I love that we end with these and we'll definitely put this in the show notes so that you can have this to reference. Yeah, absolutely. This one's kind of long, but I get it. it. Okay, so the repentance prayer for pride and greed. Father, I stand in the gap and repent for my ancestors on both sides of my family back over three, four, and seven, ten generations, and even back over 40 and 100 generations for our great pride and our pride in all of its forms. Father, I repent of all of my stiff-necked pride and stubbornness with rebellion. I repent of all religious and denominational pride, all ambitious pride, and the iniquity of a critical spirit with cutting words and actions, and even wanting and seeking vengeance. I also repent where I cannot be told anything, for I have thought that I knew it all, and I repent of my haughtiness and loftiness. I ask where I am listening, but never hearing to change my heart and open my ears to understand your words and your ways, for I repent for not being teachable and for being judgmental. I repent over, sorry, I repent of my over-exaggerated opinion of myself, my conceit, my haughty behavior, my arrogance, and even where I'm delighted in my own achievements and think very little of others or have no time for those who do not have my stature and brilliance. Father, I repent where I've become intolerant of others because they lack my understanding, intelligence, and capabilities, and even where I have isolated myself because people are just not what I want them to be, and they are not just like me. I repent where I have wanted to change others and even taken their roles because they are not as perfect as me. I repent of the fruits of suspicion and mistrust and self-deception and where I have become legalistic Reveal to me and bring to death this legalism. Father, I repent where rejection has caused me to become a perfectionist and where I have become puffed up with pride and rebellion. I repent of my self-righteousness and where I have rejected you and not obeyed your command of love, of the brethren and acceptance of the beloved and not walking in love. I repent also where I have justified my own rebellion and disobedience to your word and ways because of a stronghold of the transgression of pride. I repent also of my pride of prosperity, my furniture, my belongings, my car, my income, my business, my career, and even my calling and position in the church. Also the pride of my heritage, my ancestry, my parents' lineage and achievements, and even where they have instilled in me pride because of all of these things. Father, I repent of my hardness of heart and my stony heart because of all of my pride. I repent where I've refused subjection and dependence upon you because of my religious pride. I'm sorry, my rebellious pride. I repent where I have given honor and glory to myself instead of you because of my pride. I repent 
of all mockery and scorn and foolishness, my proud looks of contempt and haughtiness and proud heart. I repent of all disrespect, dishonor to parent and elders and disrespect for authority with arrogance and lying. I repent of envy, shame, strife, blasphemy, and arguing. I repent of all greed, gluttony, slothfulness, idleness, and all sexual sins of lust and those committed in drunkenness. Father, I verbally renounce all of my pride and come out of agreement with this iniquity where I am in bond of pride, in a bond of pride. Thank you for bringing to death the pride in my life so I can remain delivered from pride and all associated and related spirits of pride. Father, all glory and honor and power belongs to you. Thank you for my deliverance from pride and greed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So good. Amen. Time for a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Which works out perfect because it's 8.02 and it's exactly the bedtime. <laughs> and it's bedtime for Christmas. All right, Nikki, thank you so Bye. very much. Thank you, thank, thank you, thank you for your time. We, we just, it's just, you've been such a blessing and I just thank you. All right, everybody. Also, can I share one really quick thing? Absolutely. If anybody wants these workbooks, they're now available. And there's an email that you can email to get it. You just have to email um, and say you'd like a Freedom Quest workbook. So is there any way you can post that email to the gal in the show notes after this in case Absolutely. anybody wants one? Okay. Absolutely. And all of the strongholds will be in it. Love it. That's amazing. Yes. Awesome. I have you. it and it's great. It's awesome. All right. Happy Monday, everybody. Um, if you've not caught up on all the other strongholds, please do that. We have one left. And this is life-changing stuff, you guys. Happy Monday, y'all. Happy Monday, y'all. Okay, that's a wrap on another episode of Activate. Stay up to date by following Steph underscore view and Kristen Lee Ballard on Instagram. Please share this episode and rate and review us today on iTunes. Thanks for being here. We love y'all. Later.